0: Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses, so any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: Chapter 14. Paul Bunyan's Farm. Part 4. Along with the parachute, he sent a note explaining the situation and warning Big Charlie to take flight at once. So now, feeling sure that Charlie was safe, Paul urged his men on to greater efforts. He sent Ollie five miles away to look up through a powerful telescope at the top of the stalk and sent word to him at once upon seeing in which direction it would fall after the cutting had weakened it. He wanted to know which way it would fall in order to warn all the people in its path and direct them to safety. Finally, the little chore boy rushed into view, breathing hard from having run so fast. The big Swede says the top is beginning to lean towards the west, he panted. It was well that it had chosen that direction in which to fall, as there were fewer people to the westward which it might endanger in its rush to the ground. The stalk began to fall, and there could be heard the sound of the wind whistling through its leaves and tassels far, far above. As soon as his ears caught this noise, Paul sprang into his wagon to which Jerry and Jenny, his mule team, were hitched and impatiently waiting to go. He gave them their heads, and away they galloped to the west, almost as fast as lightning. So fast did they go that they could be seen only when Paul slowed them down to a walk, when passing word of warning to someone in the danger zone. A mighty ride that was, and one that should be more widely famous. For two and a half days the big stalk continued to fall, before it finally hit the ground. After the dust had cleared away, Paul sent his men out with surveying instruments to measure its size, but they were unable to get the exact and original figures. In falling, most of it had been raveled out by the rushing of the wind, and the few miles of it that remained intact were a poor indicator in determining its exact size. Some idea of its hugeness, however, can be had from knowing what kind of ears of corn it had on it. One ear was driven by the force of the fall right straight down into the earth. It stuck there so tight that Paul couldn't get it out even when he hitched the great blue ox to it. He brought up his mule team to help Babe pull and when the three animals tugged away together, something just had to give way. But even then, only the cob of the ear was pulled out of the ground, leaving the grains still in the earth. It is said that the ear made a hole in the ground sixty feet across, and that the loose grains that were left after the cob was pulled out filled this to such a depth that no one ever did find out how far it went down into the earth. Luckily, none of the grains ever sprouted to make other cornstalks like their parent. Big Charlie floated with his parachute for two weeks before he finally landed, and then he came to earth a thousand miles from where Paul's farm was. He endured many hardships before he finally got back to where he had started from, and by that time he was so angry over what had happened to him that he made up his mind to leave Paul Bunyan. The big logger offered him a lot of inducements to stay, but he would not change his mind. His six cousins all stuck by him, and together they quit in a huff. They marched away down the road with their turkeys on their shoulders and never looked backward and were never heard of again. They were mighty woodsmen, and their absence was keenly felt by their former boss. Another thing happened that helped make Paul anxious to give up his farm. Most of the corn he had raised that year was popcorn. One day after it was all harvested and put in the granary, the building accidentally caught on fire and popped all the corn stored there. The flying white grains flew all over the farm until they covered the ground three or four feet deep, or perhaps even more. It didn't seem to hurt Babe, but all the other animals on the farm, Bessie, the Mule team, the Roan Colt, and all the others, thought they were having an extraordinarily severe snow blizzard and froze to death. Elmer, the moose terrier, was in the house while the popping was going on, and so he was also saved. The loss of all his animals was quite a blow to Paul, and his loss disgusted him with farming. Only Babe and Elmer were left to him out of all of his pets, and he decided to delay no longer about moving to the Pacific coast. The seven axemen were lost his farm was worn out, the timber was cut, and he was ready to hunt out a new and wilder part of the country. So with his wife, Teenie and Jean, his son and daughter, a few of his old followers, and Babe and Elmer, he set out westward. Ollie the big Swede was faithful to Paul and accompanied him into the Pacific States. And so did the little chore boy and Johnny Inkslinger. Also, some of his former workmen followed after him later on and joined his Western crew. Glad to work once more under the greatest boss in the woods.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires, and helps keep this show alive and growing.